to the Hollywood Source podcast. My name is Jared Dean and this podcast today will focus on the work of Hollywood Trust and our partners as we face the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope that each of you is staying safe and following all guidelines and social distancing and helping the efforts to limit the spread of the virus. At the end of the podcast today I'll be updating you on the plans of Hollywood Trust. First though we'll hear from three of our partner organisations updating us on what their plans are over the next couple of months. We'll hear conversations that I had with Roisin McLaughlin from Northwest Community Network, with Maureen Hetherington from The Junction and Fanola Dean from Dog Ears. So let's get into the interviews which you'll hear back to back and I'll be back with you at the end to let you know what Hollywood Trust will be working on over the next couple of months. Roisin McLaughlin, how are you? How's the form? Grand. So for the listeners then, can you remind them of the work of the Northwest Community Network? Yeah. Um, Northwest Community Network, we support groups within the community and voluntary sector in the Northwest. So that would be the Dairy and Stavan District Council area. Um, so we would provide training to sort of, I suppose, strengthen the capacity within the sector, um, try and encourage groups to work together more. We would send out an e-bulletin once a week to give a sort of platform for groups to share their information and also to inform them about other work and um uh, events that are going on in the community sector um, and we also try and connect with other sectors as well to make sure the community has a voice uh, we're part of the strategic growth partnership which is the um, strategic growth plan for the council and we do a bit of work with the university to try and connect the university better with the community so I suppose our, our main core of our work is to support the community sector but also make sure um, that the community sector has a voice when um, decisions are being made or if there's um, changes to be brought about uh, and I suppose it's about us trying to make better um, changes to help the community sector Okay and um- a lot of your work's reaching out and engaging with people. Um, yeah. That obviously has been impacted by yeah. this COVID-19 crisis. How has the crisis impacted on you and your ability to do your work? Well, I was just doing our progress report there for um, October, the end of March. Mm. And like that, those last three weeks in March, there's just stuff that we were not able to do. And they were part of us reaching our targets. Mm. Um, so it's a lot of the events we had planned uh, were postponed um, so I have to say the funder has been quite supportive but you're sort of thinking I feel like I haven't done my job properly but it's not really our fault yeah. Um, so yeah it's impacted our work quite a lot because a lot of our events are about bringing people together but they're also support that we would provide one of the things we do is to provide a one-to-one support for groups and there was a few groups that I was starting to work with at the beginning of March and I haven't been able to do it so mm. it's maybe thinking about how, how am I going to do it now and it will be through Zoom or whatever online um, to try and make that connection with them um, so and I think that's the same for everybody we've all had to try and do our, our work in a different way um, so it's just yeah how do we try and somehow maintain our targets but but do it in a way that's meaningful as well yeah sometimes you can get carried away with just having to do stuff you know um so it's i think for the one-to-one support it's trying to do it um through video conferencing or whatever and but the the events will be trying to bring a lot of people together i just don't know if we're going to be able to do them um i'm actually looking at maybe trying to do some training online and that what i'm going to do is send out a survey now this week just to all our members to say how are you getting on how do you think we can help you and even thinking about going back to work 
because I know I've been doing a bit of that reflecting about when you go back what's it going to be like how am I going to need supporting you know yeah so we're going to be sending that out because I think we do need to check in with members and see how they're doing as well yeah how do you see it happening it's like at some stages it's going to come to an end mm. um I've been thinking about it myself I don't think it's just going to go okay we're open again let's no. go <laughs> no how do you can't. think it's going to I think we're gonna. It's gonna have to be phased somehow. I mean, mm. we can't just go. Yeah, everything's all back to normal now. Like, you know, even uh, outside of work and a social sort of aspects of your life, like we all just can't start going to pub again because uh. we can have another peak of 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 um of people catching the virus. So um, you know, and there's a few friends of mine who had it. So I know it's not it's not an easy time and you're sick for a, quite a few weeks. So mm. the last thing we want is having spent all this time working hard to stay at home, is then for it all to um, you know, uh, for the virus to uh, peak again, or the the amount of people that are getting it for those numbers to rise again in a few months' time. So, uh, it has to be phased, I think. Yeah. And maybe it's just um, smaller numbers, maybe, or doing it in a way where you're not bringing a whole load of people together. Um, yeah. And 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 you know, at one time. Uh, so we're going to have to be really careful and just phase it. I think. Okay. So, you're still supporting people where you can. Um, mm-hmm. If people need you or need to get in touch, what's the best way of doing it? Well, if they email, um, if they email myself or Neola, so uh, so our Northwest Monday Network email address, Roshin, R-O-I-S-I-N, at nwcn.org. So I think for the for us, we've really noticed how our, we're still obviously sending the bulletin out each week, but it's like become vital now. Mm. And that people are saying, can you put this in the bulletin? People who wouldn't have, and that you know, and for statutory agencies as well, can you get this out to community sector? So, um, I think that's vital that we continue the bulletin, obviously, but it's become just more needed than than ever, um, yeah. to provide people just with the information. Okay, well, brilliant. Anything else you want to remind people of or tell people about over the next couple of months, or is it very much a <laughs> We're all in this together and let's see how we get on. I know we're all in this together, but if there are, um, you know, groups out there that think why they're sort of having this downtime, oh, I would like to maybe change things or look to source funding in a different way or look to source funders from different funders, you know, mm. we can we can help them and provide some direction and, and help them with um, completing application forms and things. And the NICFA are providing grant tracker free um for this yeah. month so that's quite a good um facility for people to avail of you know if they're thinking about we might once we come back do the x y and z and maybe look for funding um for that uh so yeah no we're still here still want to support people and if um people contact us we'll get back to them you know as soon as we can it's just a straight it's just getting used to that way of working i think um, yeah. On the one hand, we've we're all saying we rely on technology too much in regards to social media, and now we're relying on it more than ever because we need it to communicate with people and and mm. keep up to date with people. So, um, brilliant. Yeah, that's necessary at this point. All right, that's necessary. Yeah. Maureen Hetherington from the Junction. For the listeners who mightn't be so familiar with the work of the Junction, can you give me a reminder of what it is that the Junction does? 
Well, the, the full title is the Junction Community Relations uh, Peace, well, Community Relations and Peace Building Initiative, and um, we have focused on uh, training of trainers um, using tried and tested methodologies that we have developed, and then we've rolled them out. Um, you know, and it's about training uh, others to deliver training in their local communities. You know, at a number of different levels. Mm. So it's. Um, it's it's trying to disseminate um, information using an academic rigor, uh, and then getting it uh, accessible at the grassroots. Um, and you know, I am not one of the academics, but we're so blessed and privileged to have really amazing people that we work with, Chair, that um, mm. helps us in in the, the development and then in the delivery, and then from that we can then uh, roll it out in courses right across Northern Ireland. Brilliant. And COVID nineteen is going to have a, or it's going to have had an impact, Maureen. It's like especially there you're talking about the outreach work you do, all the training work that you do. How how has it impacted on on your work? Well, um, we're still able to do some work at home, um, mm. but it's been devastating because we had a number of uh, training programs and a number of courses and workshops and that um, uh, planned and for delivery. But they've all been postponed. Now they will happen, but that'll be sometime in the future, which means that we're going to have to um, revisit uh, and start at the beginning again, you know, so that people get the full benefit of the full program. Mm. So it has been quite devastating in that uh, respect. On the plus side, um, keeping in touch with people through the, you know, the telephone and just ringing people up and number one, just seeing how people are, but then number two, asking, you know, what is it that they would like? Uh, yeah. during this time, particularly people who are isolated and are at home, and how can we help them? So that's a way that's good. And one of the ways um, we've been trying to do that is putting all our resources, um, making them available to people online. So if anybody who wants a copy of our resources or books, training manuals or whatever, they, if they contact us, we will um, send them a copy or, you know, through the email system. Right, oh, that's brilliant, very generous. So how do you find it, Maureen? It's like you mentioned there that you are still able to reach out to people and engage with people. But how's the whole team find it? How's, uh, it's like there's Richie and Johnson and Kathy and Seamus and others. Are, are yeah. people getting on okay at home? Yeah, we've been keeping in, in close contact because we're actually currently developing uh, training resources the, the most important thing in the community relations work is we have to be relevant and mm. it's about addressing really big issues that are coming down the track that um, we can help people to address them in a non-confrontational manner and in a way that's, you know, a rational approach. But we give people as much information as possible for them to make informed decisions, but also that it, you know, supports them whenever they're working at the grassroots. So we've been busy look, looking at um, how we might develop the training resources, how we, as always, try to be creative, and then how we can um, then uh, put it together in a way that um, reaches people. So, for example, we're coming up to the 100th anniversary of partition. So we're looking at that, Johnson McMaster's um, working on a training program. Uh, and then also, what are the parallels with Brexit? And what will that mean for people into the future as well? So we're trying to tie things, you know, of a historical nature and bringing them right into today. And what does it mean for people today? Um, 
one of the big things is, you know, we have just been discussing is that, you know, this, you know, the generation of people who are here now, maybe in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, we've come through the troubles. Then we came through the whole austerity in 2008. Uh, then we came through Brexit and now we're coming through this COVID-19. So our children and grandchildren uh, and great-grandchildren will be writing about this in years to come. So what is it do we want them uh, to say about us? You know, were we a good people? Were we sensible? Did we do the right things? You know, how did we face today to make their future better? So, it's, you know, it's, it's trying to get an approach like that, you know, 100 years from now, when we look at the, you know, whenever people look back at the past, were we a wise people? Yeah. So we need to develop the sorts of resources, the sorts of approaches and get those conversations going. Um, so to get people thinking about this can't be just about us now. We have a lot to learn and a lot to pass on. So how do we do that in a way that's ethical uh, and useful to future right. generations? Very good. And I can see this whole crisis as well changing how we deliver our work as well in the future, Maureen. Um, yeah. it, it's definitely, you touched on it there, you know, this is going to change us, I think, uh, and how we relate to one another and how we deliver stuff. And, and yeah. it's great It's great to see that you're already starting to think about that. But we've been getting great good news stories where you'd, you'd have um, maybe a, a loyalist band cooperating with a, you know, a, a GAA to get resources out in the community, to get food out. You know, we're, we're seeing the generosity of people across the divide. The orange and green doesn't exist in this new world at the moment. It's about how do we support the most vulnerable uh, and those who need help the most. And it's just, just the generosity has been incredible in the stories of people, you know, working closely together. And everybody that we've been in communication with uh, are all saying the same things that, you know, this has to change society for the better. I just hope that whenever this is all over, that we continue, you know, it's like a new world order. It's a new way of looking at things, but there's different values that are being yeah. put in us now. And, and it's about a reconnection of community. And it's the importance of how community now is seen as the bigger picture. And it's just amazing. To, it's it's amazing to be here to hear all of that. Um but I can say this, Jared, the way I feel about it, those things that are happening now, they didn't happen and avoid. I do believe that all of that work, community development, community relations that has been happening down through the years has provided the capacity for groups to actually work closely together now. Because had not that work been taken place, I don't know if they would be in a position to collaborate and work so closely together. And we're seeing that huge crossover. But I do believe that the work down through the years and the past in the community sector uh, has a lot to be um, thanked for, mm. for, for doing that, that work. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure, Mike. So just the final thing then, if people are looking to get in touch, what's the best way to do that? Is it through the website or email or...? Either way, if, um, if they want to go on the website, they'll see all our resources, books, um, training manuals. Some you can actually download off the website. Others, if they get in touch, um, these books are usually on sale. But if anybody wants to get in touch with me, I can give them a PDF version uh, so that they can get it and read it. Um, some really good reads. Um, or they can contact me on my email 
or Richie's email, and that again, that's available on the website. Um, yeah. Or there's a telephone number. Um, you know, my mobile number should be on the website now as well. So you know, either way, you know, I just as many people, you know, wishes to get some copies of the resources, absolutely, please do get in touch. And the website address, Maureen, just as a reminder. Yeah, www.thejunction, uh, all lowercase together, hyphen ni.org. Fanula, how's the form? Haven't seen Good. you in a while. <laughs> oh, grand here. Thanks for you. Hey, dead on, hey. Dead on. So we're following up with all our diversity community partners um, just to see how they're getting on, what the crack is, how this crisis has impacted on them. But before we get on it, for those of the people that are listening, they mightn't be too familiar with the work of Dog Ears. Mm-hmm. Remind people what it is you do. Right. Okay. Well, we describe ourselves as a children's media company. And so basically we create content for children and that content can be on across a number of platforms. So in the past we've published books, we have hosted events and we've also um, created cartoons. Mm. So at the minute what we're working on um, is that we're in the production of an animated feature film on our property Puffin Rock, um, which is the first animated feature film even to be partly made in Northern Ireland so it's it's a big deal for us and we're very busy with that at the moment Brilliant, that's brilliant, mm. that's really exciting um, so tell us like most other people you're working mm. from home yep. uh, how's it impacted on you because you just aren't working locally, you're working globally at this stage Right, so on the Puffin Rock project at the minute, we are working internationally, as you said, and it's an international co-production, which um, normally has its own challenges, but in this um, environment has mm. proven to be even more challenging than anyone could have anticipated. So it's a co-production between ourselves, based in Derry, and a company called Cartoon Saloon, based in Kilkenny. And then we also have a Chinese co-production partner called China Nebula Pictures. We are based in Tianjin in China. And they're both um, co-producers and investors in the film. Mm. So <laughs> it was always going to be challenging. It was going to be challenging because of the nature of, you know, um, time difference, communication difference, language uh. difference, all of those things. But now we've had um, <laughs> a pandemic a pandemic in the middle of it too. So it's, it's proven to be more challenging than maybe we first thought. But we're dealing with it. We're dealing mm. with it. Um, so in practical terms, what it means is that between ourselves and Derry and Cartoon Sulin in Kilkenny, we have split up different departments of the production. So we're dealing with the writer. We're dealing with the, the script. We've been dealing with casting. Um, we also have been doing, I don't want to get too technical about animation terms, but we've been basically building the characters for animation. It's called Riggin. Mm. And we've been doing some uh, animation as well, which will help then be moved on to the next department, which will be based in China. And simultaneously, Cartoon Saloon, they've been doing background designs and character designs. Um, so between ourselves and Kilkenny, we are basically providing like a, a master library of resources and all of the information until such times as we're ready to pass over to China and then they'll be doing animation there. That's brilliant. That's brilliant that you can still do it as well. So mm. how's well, everybody feeling? How's the working from home bit? Well, we are actually very lucky because, um, 
you know, a lot of people that are working in any sort of TV production at all have been really, really destroyed by this. Anybody working in live action, particularly, I mean, they're just, their schedules have been destroyed. Mm. People can't meet up together. They can't be more than one one or two people at a time. Um, whereas animation is easier. You can work individually as long as you've got your computer and your software. Um, and we've been keeping up to date every day using all sorts of, you know, Slack, Zoom, uh, mm. Skype. We have a production software management tool called Shotgun where we can see what everybody's doing at all times. So it takes a bit of extra effort instead of sitting beside someone being able to chat. And uh, we miss that. We miss that contact, obviously. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you miss mm. the building? Because you're a, a key tenant and a key partner in there. Of course we do. It's just so strange um, being at home all of the time. Um, we must just, you know, be able to see everybody and just the chat and the friendliness and um, the sense of community that we get every day going into work and the fun that we have in the building too. And not having to share a kitchen with other people in the house. <laughs> I try to work from the kitchen and it's pretty impossible sometimes. And I can make a sandwich. No, get back and I'm working. Um, uh, I know. But um, no, we're, we're actually very lucky that we've been able to continue moving and keep working. Um, you know, I think there will be probably some delays to our original schedule. Mm. But I think in, in, this, in this climate... We've, we've done okay to be able to keep doing anything. Brilliant. Mm. Well, thanks for the update. Best of luck with the production. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Okay, Jared. So thanks to Roisin, Maureen and Fanula for the updates on the work of the network, the Junction and Dog Ears. A variety of interesting work still underway despite the crisis. So as for Hollywell Trust, we've been impacted uh, as have most organisations and over the last few weeks we've had to close up our shared building at the heart of the city to the public and the tenant groups as well uh, I mean miss the connections that we have with everyone and where possible we're working from home and some of the work that we will be delivering over the coming months are our Forward Together podcast so working with Paul Gosling uh, the first episode of Series 2 of the Forward Together Together podcast has been released and can be accessed from wherever you get your podcasts or through the Hollywell Trust website, which is hollywelltrust.com. We have 18 episodes ready that will be released weekly over the next few months. And these are deep dives into conversations or into issues that are affecting our community. We also plan to reimagine Fingerpost, the community magazine that served Derry for over 20 years as a website. So watch the space. We hope to get the first one of those out over the next month. We're also strategic planning um, and you're going to hear from us uh, through online surveys and stuff over the next couple of months as well, just to make sure that we're reflecting the needs of the community when it comes to the community relations and community development work that we um, are doing. And we'd be delighted to hear back from you. And we're also trying to move some of our other work online, so some of our seminars and forums and stuff um, we hope to do over the next couple of months will be moving to YouTube and other places as well. Apart from that, we're preparing for the return to the building, so ever the optimists will be preparing to work from the building again, as I say, and, and we hope to be ready when given the all clear to return. And we're really looking forward to getting our pause programs and projects like our tea room, honesty, cafe up and running again. And then 
we're also going to be doing this podcast. We plan to release regular updates and regular episodes of this podcast to keep people up to date with our work and uh, how our partners are getting on as well. So thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you find it informative and enjoyable and look out for future episodes. So stay safe and we'll chat soon.